Welcome to the Indie Comics section. Join us as we take you through the pages of some of the best stories and art that's available in the comic book industry. From trivia to book discussions and to interviews, this is Indie Comics. Welcome once again to another episode of Indie Comics. I'm your host, Tyler, a crusader for creator-owned work in comics. There are fine gems to be found at your local comic book shop, so let's go searching for them. And who's with me today? Oh, Jeff. Once again, we are here and we are live. Oh, yeah. Jeff, how have you been? Oh, not bad, man. Not bad. Just an incredibly tough work week, as you can probably tell. I'm so exhausted here, but you know what? We're still oh, charging real life. through. <laughs> yeah, I know. Real life. How you get us sometimes. Oh, but. my gosh. Well, this month, we have chosen Little Nemo, Return to Slumberland from IDW. Such an awesome book. Such an awesome book. Written by Anik Shanower. 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 Yeah, I said it wrong in the last episode, so I apologize. Yes, you um, did. Art by Gabriel Rodriguez, and then uh, Nelson Daniel, I believe, is the colored by uh, Nelson Daniel and lettered by Robbie Robbins. Um, so first off... Quite a team, actually. If you haven't listened to the last episode, it was phenomenal. Um, and we got to see some original stuff for uh, Eric's series that he's making right now called Age of Bronze. Oh, um, yeah. If you haven't listened to the interview... It is fantastic, and um, I highly, highly, highly suggest that. So, first, let's talk about what we thought about the book. Jeff, first initial thoughts, because we just read it, because things are going crazy here at GGG headquarters. Oh, first initial thought pretty much was, you know, looking at this book right here, you know, I'm thinking this is just going to be like your, you know, typical kind of retelling of some kind of old children's tale or something. And while it is, in a way, it opens it up in a new way that just made me like go awe. It is just, it's yeah. awe-inspiring just to look at and just yep. to read. In every single way possible, this is one of these kind of books that I can honestly say I think I was a lesser person before I actually read it. So for me, I'm going to start off saying I loved it. Um, I'm a big fan of uh, Little Nemo, uh, the, the old comics. Um the movie's hard. I mean, it has a special place in my heart because, you know, I saw it as a kid. Right. And um, it is a gorgeous-looking film. I will give it that. Um, but, you know, this book is really, really, really cool. And there's so many little things I want to say that I'll talk about later. Um, but this is a perfect book for kids. And we talked about it in, oh, in yeah. the interview about how there are a lot of independent comics that are aimed for kids, but there's not a lot that are basically, like, work to this kind of level, I feel. Like, you're not going to have, like, an artist like Gabriel Rodriguez work on a um, on a lot of kids' books, you know, with somebody with that caliber, somebody who, you know, has that, you know, who's so known to have that much detail. Yeah, and, precisely. Um, well, especially uh, especially since there's one in Eisner, you know, for that. And um, this book is just so much fun. And it's just... Reminds me so much of the old comics. Have Have you read any of the old comic strips? I have not read any. Well, I mean, I've just perused through the old comic strips. So when I was reading this, it's like, oh yeah, I remember a lot of that old stuff. A lot of the, a lot of the nostalgia of looking at the old uh, strips from the early nineteen hundreds. From it, that, it is so cool about how you just kind of see these amazing adventures in this wonderful yeah. kind of fantasy thing. You know, fantasy like world from nineteen oh five, and um. You know, just be a dreamland, and which is always those are always some fun. Uh, exactly, and it, and, and it was stuff. good because you know, in a way, Shanauer made it seem like relevant to today. 
yeah. by, by doing this book right here. It's almost, it, it, it almost is like, um, I wouldn't say it's so much a recreation as more of a kind of a reinterpretation maybe. Yeah. And yet it, it just, it, it's so much fun. And yet you see so much of the classic, classic story right there in that artwork as well as in the prose. But at the same time, you see a little bit of difference here to what would be relevant to today to make it something that, you know, readers, whether young or old, would enjoy now. Yes. In the interview, he did say that this is a sequel. It's about 100 years in the future, mm-hmm. or I guess 110 years in the future, um, because I guess the comics, I think the comics ended in, in like 1905 and came back, you know, but uh, the original yeah. creator until, ni- you know, 1907, I think. And um, so it is supposed to be like 110 years in the future, and then she's the princess, who was just called the princess, has gone through so many different um, playmates. Exactly. Um, which is awesome and terrifying at the exact same time. And um, well, so it is It is a sequel-esque, and it is a little, I guess, a little dark. but um, Kind of dark, but... Not as dark as the idea they had before. Yeah, I was going to say <laughs> the original intent for the idea would probably be a lot more darker now. If you had seen a comic book yeah. like that, that would have been, oh, yeah, that probably wouldn't have been kid-friendly. But, yeah, I mean, this, one, this, is, this is so much fun, and... God, that art. So yeah, let's talk about the art. The, the artwork. Oh, the thing that's stunning most about the artwork is just you know the use of color. There's just so much rich use of color in here to really convey this slumberland right here. It couldn't have been. This is one of those few kind of um, books that I would say color is what made the difference. Now, some people like to say you know sometimes you don't need color to you know co- convey a good message. But Return to Slumberland here really needed that, in my opinion, needed that color in order to convey what they were trying to do. It would have fallen flat had it been just like black and white or just pencils and or inks for that matter. The color really brought out the story to me. It really made me believe that Slumberland was there. Yeah. Um, and I do want to give credit to the creator of Little, ne- of Little Nemo is Windsor McKay. So just just saying. Oh, of uh, course. I guess rest in peace. Because I'm... I don't think he's alive right now. He may be in Slumberland, but yeah. Most likely he's in Slumberland, but you never know. Um, you know, and, and I have the deluxe book, which is really, really I know. amazing. And, and you got to love it because it's a hardcover, too. You know, yeah. for, some, for, the, for the collectors out there, this is one of those kind of books that's just for you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I got it at Comic-Con, and I got it signed by both of them without even realizing it. Um, so, but, um, okay, so the art for me. The art for me is, it's so familiar. And it really kind of is so nostalgic. And not only that, but it's, it feels historical. You know, it, it feels like... It reminds you of the old pulps is what it does. It really, really, really does. And that's what makes it so exciting. And it just when you have it in your hand, you just can't put it down. And um, which is great because every single panel, every single page is just like, oh, what's going to happen next? And you feel like a kid again, which, yeah, is, exactly. which is cool. And uh, it really, really, really brings out this world, this colorful, crazy world where anything can pretty much happen. And it's just lots oh, yeah. of t- twists and turns because it's, an, it's a kid's imagination. You know, you never know where it's going to go. Exactly. And the thing is, you see a lot of nods to artistic styles, too. I mean, we saw the room where they're trying to escape from those fiery gnomes, I think. it was, yeah. And you see, you see the total nods to M.C. Escher. Yeah, in, in that particular thing right there, the winding passageways that go either left or right, up and down, oh, and so all, cool, and all kind of things. So you know, it really it gets to be almost kind of like a trippy story at the same time because you know, yeah, you're definitely following what's going on, but at the same time, you're thinking like, wow, man, am I like, am I, am I like high on something while I'm reading this? <laughs> Seriously, but it, but it's wonderful. Yeah, 
Um, I mean, do you have anything else to say about the art? Because, I mean, the art is really... I mean, I, I love the writing. The writing is great. And I, oh, yeah. I, I, I've, I've, you know, when we start talking about that, you know, I have a lot to say about it. But uh, with the art, I feel like this is a very, very, very big deal because of a children's story. But not only that, a children's story from 110 year, 112 years ago yeah. is being retold. And we have this fantastic artist bringing these colors out. I mean, I guess, I mean, from, uh, from, Nis- from Nelson Daniel. They, right. Everything pops. Everything has personality. Everything just is insane. And it's so eye-catching. And you just, again, like I said before, you don't want to put it down. No, you don't. I mean, I blew through that thing in 20, 30 minutes. Yeah. I mean, it's just like you're done with it almost as soon as you pick it up. Yeah. But I tell you right now, when it comes to the artwork, what makes it key right here is that, one, you see a whole lot of the nods to the original 1905 Pulp which is just amazing in what Gabriel Rodriguez is able to convey in that. Yeah. You see a lot of different contemporary styles of artwork that is a nod to an artist, if you're familiar with that, or if you're an art historian, you look at that, you're thinking like, oh, yeah, I'm seeing that there. I'm seeing that there. And furthermore, coloring. Coloring, coloring, coloring. It was so crucial in this particular story right here. I think this is probably the book that we've done so far where coloring was kind of like the MVP. It was. It really was. I I cannot stress that enough. Color was really the deciding factor in this particular story for me right here. Uh, I mean, the writing was fantastic, and the art is great, but the coloring is the thing that just keeps you wanting more, I feel. Um, It it really, again, encaptures you into this world, and you know? Yep. So it's the first time for us, because usually, I mean, all the colors are usually nice, and I don't think we've had a book where it didn't have you know, cool, you know, like, we didn't have good oh, colors. Oh, sure, yeah. I mean, it's not to say that all our books we haven't looked at haven't had great color, but this... I mean, look at Mind Management. I mean, that was... Oh, yeah. You look at something like that, and you think, like, this is amazing. Well, those covers are just so cool, I guess. But this... I mean, that's what I'm saying. I mean, everything else about those bo- that book It's like all the rules that, you know, you thought, you know, you knew about coloring and all that, this breaks them. And it really focuses it, focuses it in a way that is sure to capture your attention. Yep. Every single panel pretty much just jumps out one, two, three, and you're hooked into the story like by page two, guaranteed. So, so far, um, the art itself from Gabriel Rodriguez really, really, really helps us kind of like love the characters because we get to see a personality. You get to see, you know, how they think, and he conveys that really well. The coloring makes you feel like you're part of this world and that you basically are seeing like you're it's just it it, it makes it just seem like your imagination like whenever you just kind of trail off in real life and you only want to see you know like especially me like a fantasy you know a fantasy like world if it's bright and colorful and uh you know and just an eye-catching like it's it's awesome and so and uh i want to talk about the writing uh the writing for me is so so important and really great in this and the only thing that I was thinking about or reading this is that this is kind of like the better version. I don't want to say that because I don't want, I don't want to put him down, but this book is what I would read to my kid out loud more than any of those other books because this is a little bit more sophisticated, a little bit more, I guess, um, I mean, the wordings and how the dialogue is. It's just 
Eric has this really, really, really great use of bringing out these emotions and, um, yeah. you know, and the kid sounds like a kid. <laughs> yeah. In other words, what I would call it almost is that this writing was definitely an, um, I guess we can say it, a much needed upgrade to a 2000, to, to a 2015, 2017 audience. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. The pulps from the original 1905, you read those, they're all well and fine, but the lyrics, of, I'm not lyrics, but the wording of that time, I don't know if it would necessarily hold up nowadays if you try to just reprint the books and just I try mean, to do it as it is nowadays. From what, from what I remember, it is relatively like this. Now, the adventure is completely different. So, of Well, course, yeah, the, the adventure is different, too. But they're yeah. going to react a little bit differently, like with the lava people. Um, yeah. But, yeah, again, I, I, I feel like either I'm being read the story by somebody else, like it, it feels like a narrative, you know, like a narration, or this is something that I would basically like read to my kid, you know, to sleep, and then show him all the. Am- but furthermore, and then show the, in- the amazing work and the amazing color. But furthermore, the interactions, if you notice, they're very childlike, but yet very sophisticated at the same time. It doesn't seem like yeah. they're totally talking like what children would, yet they have very adult conversations because they're be they're being very clear with each other and very descriptive about what they what they want or something like that. It's, it's like the opposite of like peanuts where like peanuts, like they look like kids. Like, you know, like it looks like something like very, very yeah, childish, but yeah. then it's very sophisticated. And in this one, it's, it's, uh, they look very kind of like, I guess like more, uh, more detailed and like a little bit more mature. Exactly. But then they sound like children. They, they look like tiny adults basically is what they look like. Yeah. And it's really cool. I mean, at least that's what I kind of got from it. But, and I, and I just love how, like it's just you get to hear a kid, and that's just yeah. what's really cool, and you get to feel like what a little kid would be like in well, this and what's world, also, and that's what and that's yeah. what good writing does. Like it really makes you feel and hear, and you know, like know what is going on with these kids, you know, in their mind, and you get to hear, you know, pretty much hear them through the book. So exactly. that's that's that is that is what good writing is, especially for a character. Exactly, it's it it makes you feel like a kid again, yet. It makes it makes it relevant to today is what it does, and it just it, it captures you in. It's sophisticated yet simple at the same time. Yeah, if that's even possible. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have anything else to say about the uh, about the writing? The pacing was good. You de- there definitely wasn't a there definitely wasn't a time in which you know I felt like you know things were starting to kind of you know kind of ease ease off a little bit to yeah. where you know it always seemed like punch punch one yep. way or another yep. there was always some good thing going on it means like they were constantly see- having little adventures along the way here and there yeah exactly like, you didn't it, really see any filler you really didn't see filler which is perfect for a kid or perfect for somebody who wants to pick up a four issue series it's a four issue miniseries four issue miniseries that is collected into a hardback so yeah, it's and, like and sometimes you just don't want a four issue series to drag on dc and marvel um, <laughs> but that's the beauty of it. It just keeps going and going. And like I said, there's twists and turns that you just don't really see. Like, you know, like they're, they're at this place and you're like, oh, well, what's this place? And it just keeps going. And, it's and just, what's great about it's more it more also, surprise. Well, what's know, also great, and what's great also about it is you kind of see breaks in it because every time when you know they're in the midst of something, suddenly he wakes up again. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you're all like, oh, so he's done with that for the day. So he has to get back to it the next day. And they jump right back to where they where they started up. What do you think that this adds to the whole ind- independent con- uh, comic industry as a this whole? This kind of book, I think, is what helps transcend 
the indie comics industry, which has almost entirely been geared toward adult readers, obviously, this is the book that can help transcend to bring young readers into it. And when I say young readers, I'm not talking about teenagers. I'm talking about actual kids, like preferably, you know, six to 12 year olds. This kind of book is what they need right now. These kind of, this kind of book essentially also is a good educational means as well. If you want to get your kid reading, something like this would be perfect. It's good for on an educational standpoint. And for the indie comics industry, it opens up the wider adult world to something that is a little bit more maybe, you know, you know, idealistic, maybe we want to call it. Yeah. Rather than all a lot of the dark stories that we see in indie comics all the time. This kind of <laughs> this kind of becomes almost kind of shining light, really. Yeah. A, a new change of pace. I mean, we have Boom Studios, we have Jeff Smith. We ha- I mean, there are kids' books out there, but Again, for for me, something so done in a way where it's just, I guess, not ta- I don't want to say talent because all, all those other books have talent in it. It's just having somebody with the caliber of Gabriel Rodriguez that can really, really bring this stuff out. Like, um, yeah, like the tower, Tesseract Tower, or something like that. Yeah, the, like 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 all the staircases, and it all looks like it's that's one where the plane. MC Escher stuff comes in because yeah. winding stairways are going left and right, up and down, and all that. Yeah, like you're not gonna see. Like the detail that's in like that's in this book, anything from Boom, and I'm not knocking Boom because I love all those different art styles, but it's still like you know a little bit minimalistic. Minimalistic. It's, it's linear. It's linear is almost what you can say. This is definitely. But it's not negative. Like it's it, it's that's just how a different artist sees it. But the thing is, is that sometimes you just want something that has this much detail, where an artist has this capability of making it not only look like the comic from 1905, but build on it and make it just look like every single panel is a work of art, where the other ones have style and, and I mean, whatnot. I'll be, I mean, I'll be quite honest. When I was reading this, I was almost thinking moments when I was reading it that this could almost be like storyboard for like an actual script of a movie or something. I mean... Just because of the pacing and because of just with the attention to detail alone. The castle, or no, no, sorry, like when he's flying into, I have the page open. When, oh yeah, when he's when he's coming down and uh, going into Slumberland from his bedsheet, that is art. I would want, I want that as a poster. That is absolutely gorgeous. Now, if I were to go to Boom Studios again, I love the style, and I love <laughs> so many of their comics, but um, a lot of that stuff is, I'm not gonna want a poster of it. It's it's a great style. Exactly. The, art, the artists do a fantastic job. I don't want to knock anything because I love Boom Studios and I love what they do and I love the artists who work on their books. But it is still refreshing to have a kid's comic book with this amount of detail and to have this chance, I, I guess. You know, to... to yeah. So, I mean, that, that that's important to me because exactly especially with that particular panel that you were showing me right there by rodriguez right there i mean and i also see a lot of inspiration from you know older type artists i mean when i was looking at that i was thinking of mobius for a minute too i was looking at that particular thing right there so much detail and yet such sharp coloring you know it's just it's one of those things you just got to see to believe and uh i know i don't want this podcast to be like an hour long but you know it kind of goes with the whole argument about old old animated series versus like you know how how cartoons are now and you know right. how old comics were indie comics and how they are now um 
again, th- this is like something that we would expect. And like the people who argue like, oh, the 90s ca- cartoons are better. And then the people who are saying, oh, no, that they're, you know, this is how the cartoons are better right here. This is like one of those ones there's like, oh, from the like the 90s people who complain. It's kind of like that. You have Boom Studios because you want something fun. You want something quick and you want something that will um, either make you laugh, make you cry. But, you know, it's there. And that's what they're good at. Little Nemo is something that you basically are taken into a new world. It, it is. It is an, I, <laughs> we, we keep using this word in, in our show. I think, I think we've said it in the past like three, um, three months. But it's an experience. This book is definitely an experience because it's something that we don't see. The experience I get out of it, if I had to say it almost as a conclusive kind of uh, statement, this book gives new rise to the term something old, something new. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. Something old, something new. Yes. That's I, what it is. I feel like that's like the best way to end this this episode. Something old, something new. Yeah. And that's what you get out of uh, Slumberland. Yeah. I mean, if if you can, get the hard cap hard back definitely i mean i mean if you can find the you know the individual floppy issues out there that's just as good as well because you know those are nice collector items and everything yeah. but the hardback is just a, such a wonderful thing to have around especially it looks good on a coffee table yeah. and it's good if you ever have your ch- your children or even you know youngsters around in the thing you want they want a story to be read to them this is the perfect kind of thing for that yes. especially that hardcover and yeah, the art, the color, the writing, all. And furthermore, you get some of the images of the variant covers in the fir- in the in the last pages of yep. the hardcover as well. Yes, you do. So for those that love their art, this is another good. This is another good piece for you. All right, and I'll say the one thing again: something old, something new, and that's perfect. Our podcasts are available on iTunes and any other podcast app, and of course, our website, thegrankygathering.com. We have articles, video series, and other podcasts available for you to enjoy. While you are there, go ahead and contact us. We would love to hear from you. You can stay updated on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and we stream on Twitch TV. Intro is provided by bensound.com, and you can buy Little Nemo Return to Slumberland at your local comic book shop, Comicsology, IDW website, Amazon, all that stuff. So come and join the gathering. Have a great week. Support your local comic book shop and GGG! Something old? Something new. Whirling in a world of fun and laughter, you're floating on a cloud of happy dreams, where nothing really ever is exactly what it seems. Welcome to Slum. Land joys without numberland. Rain.